So we're beginning to recognize that although some leaders don't like to acknowledge it, we do in our decisions use our head and our heart. Head, logic, heart, intuition. And we're in a tremendously exciting age, I think, in the world and in leadership, where we are rediscovering those powers that all of us have innately. You can change the way that you think. So if your thought is, I never listen to my heart because my head is always true, that becomes your reality. If you say, we're never going to get that contract in China, that becomes your reality. So synchronicity is helped when you have a strong intention of wanting something and you have an elevated emotion that floods your whole body and makes that come true. to the Leaders of Learning podcast. I'm your host, Ling Ling. The Leaders of Learning is a podcast show that explores learning in the 21st century with educators, leaders, and entrepreneurs. For more information and to listen to our previous episodes, head over to our website at www.leadersoflearning.asia. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. People say, there is no such thing as a coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. For example, you received a call from someone who provided an immediate solution to a problem you are grappling with. Or when you used your gut instinct about a new hire and later found out that you are right. This is synchronicity, a complex phenomenon that hinders or supports. Researching quantum physics, biology, and psychology shows that we can connect with fields of energy that are literally answers from the universe. It is about being open to finding answers from unexpected places. Although it may seem like a coincidence, but is it really? For a leader, harnessing synchronicity can be a mighty challenge, but it can also be a great advantage. So what is synchronicity? How can it support or hinder leadership? Joining us is Dr. Philip Mary. Philip specializes in helping organizations build high-performing multicultural global teams and has over 30 years experience in this area as a trainer, speaker, and coach with leading global organizations in 59 countries on six continents. His multidisciplinary approach integrates latest research in cultural intelligence, team profiling, intuitive heart coherence, appreciative inquiry, positive psychology, and quantum leadership. Can you share with our listeners a bit more of what you're doing now? I've been for 30 years in Singapore. I set up my own business here in Singapore and really focused on leadership, on teams, and especially in teams where there were different cultures working together that don't always see the world in the same way. So I began that in 1991, 
and really have continued with that ever since. But adding to my knowledge and adding to my understanding, but still the bedrock of what I do is helping teams in organizations be better at what they do by understanding how they can actually work together. So, for example, I've just come back from a week in Papua New Guinea working with the United Nations, great organization, and they have got many wonderful things that they're doing, but they need as a team, as any team does, to need to understand each other, to work well together and understand different personalities, different consult, different cultures, and how to get results. So I just spent a week facilitating a session with them. That's typical of what I do. That sounds really exciting. So what does all you do have to do with synchronicity and leadership? All through the years, I've grown and developed around the area of leadership and teams, adding more knowledge to things that come in my life and things that turn up. And I've always noticed that whatever I needed seems to turn up. So when I first started my business, I'm from the UK, first started my business in 91 here in Singapore, I said, in order to work effectively in teams, I need good theoretical models of culture and good theoretical models of teams, how teams work. Within six months, the two leading gurus in culture and another leading guru in teams partnered with me. They turned up out of the blue. So all through my life, I've noticed that when you have a strong desire for something, it doesn't always happen, but when you have a strong desire, somehow it comes your way. may not be the same day, may not be the same year, but somehow the things that you want seem to manifest. And so as I, I noticed this, I said, I want to further study this because it happened a lot in my life. And I wanted to do my PhD in this topic. So basically eight years ago, began my PhD and now I'm the only person in the world with a grounded theory PhD in synchronicity and leadership. Congratulations with your PhD. I don't think that PhD is an easy path to take. It was a struggle. It was a struggle <laughs> and it was lots of uh, lonely hours. But the thing that I did is because whatever I study needs to be of benefit and service to those people I work with, I was already deciding to use this in my work. So I was able to use my clients and the experiences that they'd had of synchronicity as part of the PhD. To me, the word synchronicity is synonymous to coincidences. Can we use that as a layman term? Yeah, it's a, it's a very simple layman's term. And the simple thing that people always use is you think of a friend that you haven't met for a long time, and then two days later they call you. So things pop up in your life is literally how the things that you seem to desire and to want turn up. Or, the other thing, if you want something and maybe it's not so good for you, an event or a person turns up that blocks you wanting that particular thing. And you know, this is a very live session, Ling Ling, because things that are occurring to me haven't occurred to me for a while. And in all of my interviews all over the world I've done on synchronicity, I've not mentioned this thing I'm about to mention to you. And I was trying to remember the name of a friend of mine who was training manager there. She worked for another organization, Jack Welch's organization, very famous, I've forgotten. Anyway, I was doing a session for them, and it was on a Monday here in Singapore, and on the Wednesday, I had to be in Los Angeles. 
And I said, it would be good to catch the flight on Monday evening. So I've got a day to rest before I do my session in Los Angeles. So I went to the training manager and said, is it okay if we finish today's session at four o'clock and work through lunch so that I can catch the 6.30 flight to Los Angeles? And she said, no, 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 Philip, we'd actually like you to stay all day and longer because it's a good session. And in fact, we'd like you to go to six o'clock. I said, okay, no problem. Now, she said that, and that blocked me catching the flight. No big deal. But I woke up the following morning. The flight that I would have caught was the SQ flight that crashed in Taipei with many people dead, many of them in business class, which is where I would have been traveling, and I would have been on that flight. So, I mean, I'm sure your listeners can can recognize this. Everybody's had strange things that happen that help them in some way, either to stop you doing something or encourage you to do something. And if this is happening to people, because they talked about it, let me now do some research so that I've got some concepts and ideas to help them understand it more. Listening to your stories, it sounds like it happens more to you than to other people. Is that the case? Would some people receive the synchronicity more and some people receive it less? Some people say that. And I, I first had responses to me saying, you're special. These things happen to you because you're different. And I, my message to the world is, no, I'm not. Everybody has the ability to understand this phenomenon, coincidence, synchronicity, serendipity, whatever you call it. We have that ability to attract to us these events. So my strong message to all your listeners out there is to say, even if it happens in a little way in your life, it can be something that you can accelerate and get more of it happening. Now, it does happen to some people more than others, and it happens to some people more than me. But that's what first of my interest was, I just did notice that the things that I seemed to want turned up, which led me then to talk to leaders in organizations. And this is the interesting thing about leadership. They said, yes, it does happen to us, but please don't tell my boss. Oh, why? Well, from my research in the PhD, I, had, I did field research asking people, what was the issue around not sharing? Because people don't share so much. And this is true all the way through the history of synchronicity. Carl Jung, the famous psychotherapist, first coined the term synchronicity. And he says, people don't share it because they think they're mentally ill or something's wrong with them. And what I've noticed in leadership is we are so linked to logic and facts and rational thought. And so if you suddenly we're able to say to your boss, I think we can actually make this project work by listening to our dreams or listening to our intuition. Then the boss would say, sorry, that's crazy. We're here to do factual, logical analysis. But what's happening in the workplace at the moment, Ling Ling, is that, for example, intuition, that ability to know what to do without thinking, it just comes to you. 20 years ago, you would never see on a leadership training agenda. Now you see it more and more and more. So we're beginning to recognize that although some leaders don't like to acknowledge it, we do in our decisions use our head and our heart. Head, logic, heart, intuition. And we're in a tremendously 
exciting age, I think, in the world and in leadership where we are rediscovering those powers that all of us have innately. Because if you go back to our ancestors' times, when our ancestors were hunting for food, they needed to sense whether a noise or the wind in the long grass was just the wind in the long grass or was it a tiger? And they didn't have logic. They used their intuition. They used that still small voice in, inside of them. Is synchronicity something like a skill that we can build? It doesn't seem to be something that we can have a control of. It's something that is given by whatever forces that are out there. That That's what synchronicity sounds like to me. And if you are a leader, you want to be able to control something to your benefit, right? So how can leaders leverage synchronicity and can it be leveraged or do you just let things happen? How does it work? Tough question, good question. I think you see that now we need to talk about quantum physics because Newtonian physics told us that we are separate, that matter is separate from other matter. And so we began to lose that notion that there was a spirit or that religion had any validity. Quantum physics of the last century and this century has introduced us to what we call quantum entanglement, which means that human beings are energy, magnetic energy, and that a very tiny part of us is matter, and that the energetic part of us, electro electronic magnetic fields, are much bigger than the physical body. And so it means that whether we understand it or not, like you and I are energetically connected right at this moment. And if we wanted to, we could begin to sense each other's thoughts and moods. I mean, I'm sure your listeners and you will have had the experience of going into a room and you could feel the atmosphere. That's because the energy of what went on in that room is still there. So when you say, can leaders, obviously it's good if leaders can use this to their benefit, but they need to be able to, first of all, have a sense that there's some validity in the thought, number one. So it begins with a choice in your mind of there's more than just logic. We are more than just facts and matter. We actually have an energetic ability too. And once you begin to believe that or look at the logic of it from a scientific perspective, and then you look around and you look through your day and you notice the various projects that you're on, some are successful and some are not. And the decisions that you have to make if you use your logic only, you will know as a leader that doesn't always lead to the right solution. Every leader that I talk to has had the experience of interviewing somebody who had everything in their CV. And they will say to me, but it just didn't feel right to hire them. That's when they're using their intuition. So the quantum field, again, which scientifically now is, is, a, is a reality, not kind of woo-woo, voodoo type stuff, then you know that you can tap into that energy. Now, 
although I've done a PhD in synchronicity, I can't put my hand on my heart and say it's absolutely true and it's absolutely provable. But what leaders need to be able to do is to pay attention to those unusual things that happen in their life as they're beginning to make decisions. So number one, opening your mind as a leader to recognize that the heart as well as the head can bring you information. And then secondly, beginning to look out for events within your leadership day that seem unusual. That's to look out for. And then the third thing, and there are many other skills, but the third thing is to sense. And we've grown so used to really using the head and logic to decide for us, we've actually lost awareness of our senses. And so this might sound crazy, but what you can do, you can go and sit in nature or sit by the beach. I'm sure many of your listeners as leaders or in their own personal life have had big problems that they couldn't solve logically. And then they go and walk in nature or they just walk through the shopping mall, just noticing things. And when they come back, they're in a different space and suddenly a decision can come. And it often works out. Yes, you can develop that awareness, but very often if your mind is shut to it, it won't happen because your thoughts will block it being a possibility. You also spoke about the logic of the head and the intuition of the heart. And quite often in situations where we have to make a decision or decide something, there's that battle between the head and the heart. And sometimes the head wins and sometimes, well, most of the time, at least in my life, the head wins more than the heart. So my question is, as a leader, if you find yourself in a situation battling between head and heart, what, what can you do? I don't know if you know, but there is an organization called the Heart Math Organization, Heart and then M-A-T-H, who for 30 years in San Francisco, Boulder Creek, San Francisco, have been researching the power of the heart. I mean, rigorous scientific research. And now they are the biggest organization in the world bringing heart leadership and heart ability into the corporate space, helping people you know, calm down through the power of the heart. They work with the army, they work with the police, they work with health situations. And this is especially true in the fast-paced world in which we live. I'm sure your listeners will be aware of the VUCA world. You heard of the VUCA world? VUCA world, yes. Everybody's using it. And you can either use it as a fearsome thing, or you can say maybe things are speeding up so we can make more intuitively intelligent decisions with our heart. We need both, remember. I'm not saying forget the head. I actually counsel people sometimes, listen to your head, forget the heart. In what situations would that... In situations where it's much stronger for a message to come from their head. And in situations where it's unsafe. So, you know, if somebody was saying to me, I want to go to a country where there is some danger, then I'd say, listen to your head. If you want to in your personal life, invest in something which is going to leave the family penniless, listen to your head. Now, not always, but mostly where there's danger or difficulty for other people, then listen to your head. And even when I help people access the power of the heart, when they make a choice with the heart, 
then I'll say to them, now pass it over to your head to do an analysis. You've chosen to invest in this particular country because intuitively it feels like it. So let me give this as an example. Quite often people will be wondering, so do I invest in a particular Southeast Asian country? Do we next go to that country? And they can't decide because it seems to be this country or this country equally both attractive. And then I'll say to them, so just spend a week, if you can, delay the decision for a week and just notice what happens in your environment. And so people will actually, as they notice their environment, begin to see evidence of a particular country. Their friend, who they've not seen for a while, will say, you know, it's great in country X because of this. They'll notice a bus coming by and there'll be an advert for country X, nothing for country Y. And so as they begin to notice, they will begin to see in their environment all sorts of suggestions that country Y might be the one to go. Uh, And that's intuition and synchronicity coming to you. Now, I'd still say, even if you come back to your teammates and say, we're going to do country X, let's just now, my intuition tells me that, let's just check that that's not actually going to lose us a lot of money and make a massive risk that we can't afford to take. So it's never about head or heart. But when leaders say to me, are you telling me I should forget my head? I say, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying balance it with what your heart might be saying and can lead to quite you know, positive projects. It's important to stress, I'm not saying let go of your logical, rational analysis. All I'm saying is that now with our understanding of quantum entanglement, we begin to know that our body is a sensing mechanism with our head, yes, but also with our heart and with our intuition. And all I can kind of explain it by is that somehow that intuitive part of ourselves can connect with and draw events to us. Can it also be the case that we not only attract positive things that happen in life, but we also attract the negative things that happen in life because... There are some people who seem to be facing one challenge or one difficulty after another. Does that also happen with synchronicity? Again, I can give no definitive answer, but what I can tell you is my experience with this. Energy can be positive or negative. And if you have a thought or a feeling, that fills your whole body and your thought and your emotions. Whatever thought or emotion you have, you're more likely to attract that to you. So it's simple stuff. If I, if I said, don't think about the color red, then you're going to think about the color red. And what I've noticed in my life, certainly, and in the lives of other people that I work with, is that the more dominant the thought and the emotion is what you attract to you. So if you're thinking negative thoughts, like, I'm never going to get that job. I'm too big for that job. I'm not important enough, I'm not qualified enough for that job, then you won't get it. Because your energy, which connects to quantum energy, is an energy which is blocking as opposed to allowing. And I work these days with with a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a phenomenal man. He's a neuroscientist. Uh, He's a philosopher. He was originally a chiropractor and healed himself by his thought. He was told he will never walk again after an accident. And he had a period of literally healing himself. 
And his work, which I'm now a consultant with him, a partner with him in delivering this program, his work is basically his first book, or his book was Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, meaning that everything that we are is based on an experience and a thought which leads to an emotion which is stored in our body. And the way that you move forward is by letting go of those thoughts which are synapses in the brain and sort of neurons in the brain which cause you to behave. So 90% of our day is the same. And so basically in terms of synchronicity is that you can change the way that you think. So if your thought is, I never listen to my heart because my head is always true, that becomes your reality. If you say, we're never going to get that contract in China, that becomes your reality. So synchronicity is helped when you have a strong intention of wanting something and you have an elevated emotion that floods your whole body and makes that come true. So, of course, with one's logical mind, one can say, ah, coincidence is just coincidence. But because of quantum physics, because of Carl Jung, and because we now begin to understand that somehow your thoughts and your emotions do attract you to you, things to you, it's the stories which never seem to go away that convince us that there is something in synchronicity. As a leader of an organization, I would want to be able to bring more positive synchronicity into the workplace and into my team. So if I want to do that for my organization and maybe for my career even, where do I start in bringing more of this positive synchronicity into my life? Come and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of things out there. If you Google synchronicity, there's a lot of good stuff. So if you look, there's now masses of stuff being written about synchronicity and people like me doing PhDs in synchronicity uh, and bringing it. So that's what I would say. First of all, look for the stories. But I would also say, look to your own life. Because the biggest barrier, Ling Ling, is that people don't really think it's valid in leadership and management studies to study synchronicity. The same was true of intuition 20 years ago. Now it's a major curriculum quality in a leadership program. How do you develop your intuition? So we're in the same development with regard to synchronicity. So I'd say to people, first of all, don't talk about it. If you have a sense that there is some truth in it, begin to notice in your leadership life how decisions happen and what was head and what was heart. And as you begin to notice that, begin to understand that if you develop understanding of the heart and your intuitive self, that will lead you into different directions. And so I'll say, start small. So instead of taking this MRT to work, say, okay, today I'm just going to take this MRT to work or this station to work, a different route, and see what happens. Because as you begin to try different things and try different ways of doing things, then it's you notice the synchronicities in life. If you're stuck with doing things the same way all the time, it's more difficult. And I'd, I'd say try little experiments I like to practice with football. I like soccer. And so I'll kind of draw a particular game to my mind 
and try and say, close my eyes and say, what's the score going to be? 2-4. And just practice. So I'd encourage people not to suddenly go big and now starting using a synchronicity in everything they do. Just do little experiments and see what might happen. Listen more to your intuition. When you're hiring people, don't always go with the logic of what somebody's done in their past. Get your sense of somebody. When you're doing a performance review, and it's a difficult performance review, and the person's got this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, close your eyes or, or just go inside and sense what might be the best thing to do. And listen to that sense, because that sense will always take you in a way which further attracts more synchronicities. But also, if you're a particularly logical person, go study, just Google quantum entanglement. If our listeners would, were to have one takeaway from today's session, what would it be? You have more power to attract to you that which you desire than you know you do. You probably have little thoughts that I could do this or I could do this, but you don't believe it. But the human physiology, the human spirit, has the ability to attract to you more powerfully than you think it does. So believe that you have that power. Believe you have that power. That's a great way to end this session. So if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Phil at philipmary.com. Phil, P-H-I-L, at philip, one L, philipmary.com. That's my email. Or the same, my website is www.philipmary.com. And I'd be very happy. I'm gathering stories from Singaporeans on synchronicities that happened to them uh, and growing that. So happy to hear from people. Excellent. Thank you so much. That was Dr. Philip Mary, a trainer, speaker, and coach who specializes in helping organizations build high-performing, multicultural, global teams for over 30 years. Next week, we speak to Kay Vasey, Chief Connecting Officer at Mesh Minds, a creative technology studio based in Singapore. We will talk about the integration of art and technology. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, take a moment to rate and review us wherever you download your podcast. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also visit our website at www.leadersoflearning.asia to listen to our previous episodes. If you believe this podcast show will help a colleague, friend, or family member, please share this episode with them via social media or your podcast app. I'm your host, Ling Ling. Thank you for listening to the Leaders of Learning podcast.